This is the Padre Peregrino podcast. Theology from a wandering priest where you can learn scripture from the fathers and traditional catechisms for free. Join Father David Nix here for shows on church reform and world politics, all from the point of view of apostolic Catholicism, the original founded by Christ. This is RCT number 26, Christ Rose from the Dead. RCT stands for the Roman Catechism of Trent. Today we are on pages 68 to 70. This is the Creed, Article 5, Section B. God give you his peace, in nomine patri sefiti, et spiritu sancti, amen. O heavenly King, Comforter, Spirit of Truth, who art everywhere present and fillest all things, treasury of good things and giver of life, come and dwell in us and cleanse us of all impurity and save our souls, O good one. In nomine patri sefiti, et spiritu sancti, amen. And if you're wondering where that prayer came from, it is an ancient Eastern Byzantine prayer to the Holy Spirit. You will hear it today in Eastern Orthodox churches as well as Eastern Catholic churches. This is because it's a prayer that precedes the Great Schism. Now we begin the resurrection in the Roman Catechism of Trent. We now come to the second part of the article and how indefatigable should be the labors of the pastor in its exposition we learn from these words of the apostle, Be mindful that the Lord Jesus Christ is risen again from the dead. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. This command, no doubt, was addressed not only to Timothy, but to all others who have care of souls. The meaning of the article is this, Christ the Lord expired on the cross on Friday at the ninth hour, and was buried on the evening of the same by his disciples, who with the permission of the governor Pilate laid the body of the Lord taken down from the cross in a new tomb situated in a garden near at hand. Early on the morning of the third day after his death, that is, on Sunday, his soul was reunited to his body, and thus he who was dead during those three days arose and returned again to life from which he had departed when dying. By the word resurrection, however, we are not merely to understand that Christ was raised from the dead, which happened to many others, but that he rose by his own power and virtue, a singular prerogative peculiar to him alone. For it is incompatible with nature and was never given to man to raise himself by his own power from death to life. This was reserved for the almighty power of God, as we learn from these words of the apostle, Although he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. 2 Corinthians 13.4 This divine power, having never been separated either from his body in the grave or from his soul in hell, that is Sheol, there existed a divine force, both within the body, by which it could be again united to the soul, and within the soul, by which it could again return to the body. Thus he was able, by his own power, to return to life and rise from the dead. Thus David, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, foretold in these words, His right hand hath wrought for him salvation, and his arm is holy. Psalm 97, verse 1. Our Lord confirmed this by the divine testimony of his own mouth when he said, I lay down my life that I may take it again, and I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it up again. John 10, 17-18 To the Jews he also said, in corroboration of his doctrine, 
Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. John 2.19 Although the Jews understood him to have spoken thus of that magnificent temple built of stone, yet as the scripture testifies in the same place, he spoke of the temple of his body. We sometimes, it is true, read in scripture that he was raised by the Father, Acts chapter 2, verse 24, but this refers to him as man, just as those passages on the other hand, which say that he rose from his own power, relate to him as God. Okay, me again. So notice, as I've said in previous catechisms, God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, God the Son raised Jesus from the dead, and God the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Because we are in a Protestant culture that often downplays the divinity of Christ, we often hear that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, which is absolutely true. But many Protestants are surprised that Jesus raised Jesus from the dead. How is that possible? Because Jesus is God. Jesus is God the Son, and God the Son raised Jesus. And Jesus is God the Son. So this is why we say he raised himself by his own power. But as more and more Protestants, and unfortunately even more and more Catholics, downplay the divinity of Christ, this is one reason it's so brilliant to be looking at the words of the Roman Catechism of Trent, because in the 16th century, they already saw where the Protestants were going, which was amplifying the divinity of God the Father, which is fine, because it's true, but downplaying the divinity of God the Son, which is a big problem. And this is why the Catechism of Trent today is very clear that Jesus raised himself by his own power. The Catechism again, from the dead. It is also the peculiar privilege of Christ to have been the first who enjoyed this divine prerogative of rising from the dead. For he is called in scripture, the first begotten from the dead, Apocalypse chapter 1, verse 5, and also the firstborn of the dead, Colossians 1, 18. The apostle also says, Christ is risen from the dead, the firstfruits of them that sleep. For by a man came death, and by a man the resurrection of the dead. And as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. But everyone in his own order, the firstfruits Christ, then they that are of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 to 23. These words of the apostle are to be understood of a perfect resurrection by which we are united to an immortal life and are no longer subject to the necessity of dying. In the resurrection, Christ the Lord holds the first place. For if we speak of resurrection, that is, of a return to life, subject to the necessity of again dying, many were thus raised from the dead before Christ, all of whom, however, were restored to life to die again. But Christ the Lord, having subdued and conquered death, so arose that he could die no more, according to this most clear testimony, Christ rising again from the dead dieth now no more, death shall no more have dominion over him. Romans chapter 6, verse 9. Me again. So notice right there, that is a reference to Lazarus and others, that certain people died, like Lazarus, and then they were returned to life by Jesus' power, but then Lazarus had to die again. This is different for Jesus. One, because as we just learned, he raised himself by his own power. But secondly, after the resurrection, of course, Jesus never died again. He ascended by his own power into heaven. And that's why the Roman Catechism of Trent just told us, but Christ the Lord, having subdued and conquered death, so arose that he could die no more. Me again. 
So, you know, I try to keep this Roman Catechism of Trent series much more intellectual than experiential, but I do want to tell you about the most powerful spiritual experience I've ever had in my life. I'm going to tell you about the most powerful non-sacramental experience I've had in my life, I should say. Obviously, my baptism and ordination were objectively higher than what I'm about to share with you. But when I was in the Holy Land about 12 or 13 years ago, I really wanted to have some type of consolation or some powerful experience at Calvary, putting my fist into the hole where the cross went. And nothing really happened. doesn't change my faith. We don't put our faith in feelings. But then later when I was praying, oh, maybe 20 meters away at the tomb of the resurrection, I wasn't expecting anything. And this is one reason why I know that the power of God really, really descended on me. I rarely share things from my journal, but I did put this on my blog about a year ago. And I am going to read to you from my journal so that you know that the most powerful experience I've ever had was a intuitionally deep knowledge when I was in that tomb there in Jerusalem that Jesus Christ not only rose from the dead, something I knew intellectually, but it just exploded from my brain into my heart with this experiential knowledge. As you'll hear in the journal, I was as sure as the nose on my face that not only had Jesus risen, he rose right at that location. So again, I usually try to avoid the experiential and, and focus more on the intellectual, but sometimes God overwhelms us with his love and his power, and this was the most powerful experience of my life. So I wrote this in my journal, not expecting it to be on a blog, since I didn't even have a blog back then, or a podcast. Didn't even know what a podcast was when I wrote this in 2007, but this comes from my journal. In 2007, I went to the Holy Land with 40 people, certain seminary professor, we won't say him, couldn't even look at me or bear the sound of me talking. One woman on our group started a fight with me for arguing against the modernism of our Palestinian tour group leader. I expected all kinds of grace at the foot of Calvary and felt nothing. So one night, I snuck away to the same church but a different location, the Holy Sepulcher. But this time, I went to the tomb where Jesus rose. Normally, the lines are so long that each person only gets 30 seconds since only two people fit in there at a time. But I happened to show up 30 minutes before they were closing, so almost everyone was ushered out. Somehow, I was able to go into the tomb for 20 minutes. I was neither seen nor sneaky, but I just went in alone. Within 10 minutes, I can say that the power of God I felt in there was greater than my ordination day a year later. By the way, I'm subjectively speaking, not objectively speaking. God literally changed the orientation or size or brightness of my soul or something in there that day, making me as sure as the nose of my face, not only that Jesus rose from the dead, but that he rose there, right there. And I felt the power of this resurrection is the most powerful thing in my life. My soul changed that day. Like when Jesus breathed on the apostles after his resurrection to turn them from cowards into those inebriated with the Holy Spirit. I left just that way, so on fire that even my Muslim barber was fascinated by my on-fire evangelization an hour later. Janet later saw me and said I was walking on air and looked different as I returned to the hotel that night. Objectively, besides my baptism and ordination, it had, it had to have been the single greatest supernatural grace that God has ever given me. But subjectively, it was definitely the greatest grace I've ever received. Okay, and then just a quick reminder to all of you who are listening to the RCT, you might want to try out the VLX. I recently did a special called VLX Special Mental Prayer for Families. It was released on the 11th of September, 2023. This was my last VLX, if you're listening in real time. 
And the meditation I walk people through as if they were going to do meditation for the first time, and it's also a good way how to teach kids how to pray, was the resurrection. So that fits quite perfectly for today. I walk people through how to pray in mental prayer as St. Ignatius or St. Teresa of Avila would have taught how to do mental prayer. But the topic was John 21, the resurrection. So since today is the resurrection in RCT, I thought I'd bounce you back to my VLX special on the resurrection, mental prayer for families again, released on the 11th of September, 2023. Thanks to all my benefactors, spiritual and material. I remember you all at my masses. Please say an Our Father for me at Benedictio Dei Omnipotentis. Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti, descendat super vos et maniat semper. Amen. <laughs>